Welcome to PJ's Torah Corner. Today, we're going over the daily Chumash, meaning the daily portion of the five books of Moses, my friend MC. We're also going to mention Rashi, the foremost commentator on the Torah, and his explanation of some parts of this Torah portion. Before we jump into it, here are some Hebrew names for people mentioned in this Torah portion who you may already be familiar with. Noah, who is Noah. So sit back, relax, and learn something. Take it away, MC. Thank you, PJ. So today's uh, Chumash reading is the first section of Parshas Noah, the second portion in the Torah. Uh, coming up from the end of last portion, um, we begin to follow the, the generations following the first man. Uh, going, uh, and as the generations go down, we begin to see a moral decline in uh, throughout hum- throughout humanity, uh, with a few exceptions, with a few exceptions of righteous people in between, ultimately getting to the tenth generation of Noah. Uh, so coming in, so so th- th- this is where we begin the portion. Uh, the portion begins by s- stating the descendants of Noah, uh, also pointing out the fact that Noah was a righteous man who was perfect in a generation and who walked with with Hashem. Um, Rashi points out the, uh, a number of things here. The fact how it states the descendants of Noah while only mentioning his actual, the, the names of his children in the next verse uh, could hint, hints to the fact how, in addition to just a, uh, a righteous person's actual children, their, their deeds are also, uh, in a sense, their progeny. Um, now, the comment about Noah being perfect in his generations is something which is very is widely discussed in the comment in the in the commentators. Uh, Rashi points out that there are two major opinions uh, regarding what this means. Uh, some say that this is an expression of praise of Noah uh, to say that Noah was perfect in this very evil generation that he lived in. But had he lived in a generate and ha- and had he lived in a generation of righteous people, he would have been even more outstanding. Uh, the other opinion sees it as a discredit to him, saying he only happened to be outstanding because he was righteous in this generation of wicked people. But if he had lived in a righteous generation, he wouldn't have been particularly special. Uh, the second opinion also, uh, Rashid says that the statement about Noah walking with God, meaning that he followed his ways, uh, can be compared, can be contrasted with that of Abraham uh, later on, who it says that he walked before God, as opposed to Noah walking with God. Uh, that op- the opinions holding it to Noah's discredit would say that Abraham was strong enough to be able to uh, conquer his in- evil inclination with his own strength and walk on his own, whereas Noah, living in such an evil generation, needed a little bit more uh, divine assistance to be able to conquer his evil inclination. Uh, so Noah had three sons, uh, Shem, Ham, and Yafes. Uh, the parsha then goes on to state how the very the the earth had become corrupted and had become filled with robbery due to the moral decline of humanity as a whole. Uh, the entire the 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 uh, mostly through through idol worship and other acts of of, of just more of of moral decline. Um, everything the the world had begun to be filled with robbery. It specifically says here Hamas, like robbery, a sense of like theft and disrespect for people's property. Um, so God saw that the whole world had become corrupted, that not just humanity had become corrupted, but it, in turn, humanity had caused uh, the, the animals and everything on earth to also uh, become damaged as a result. Um, therefore, God says to Noah that he's going to 
that because the world had become filled with robbery, he's going to bring an end to all living things on earth. Um, the specific, the Rashi points out the fact how um, this, how the fact that God singles out robbery as the issue, meaning means that despite how serious of these wrongdoings of people committing idol worship and doing other, you know, other evil acts, what really sealed the deal as being something that made it so corrupt that they couldn't was when they began to, when people began to to not respect each other property and treat each other with, with 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 dis, with cruelty. Um, Meaning that, uh, implying that it, even as, as evil as they were, if they had been able to live together in harmony, that might not have been so bad that the that everything needed to have been destroyed. Um, so therefore, God, because God planned to destroy the world, he instructed to destroy everything on the earth. Uh, he instructed Noah to build an ark out of gopher wood and make it with compartments and seal it inside and out with pitch. Now, uh, it's a, the, the, Rashi points out the fact that God instructed Noah to build this very large vessel uh, and put him through all the trouble of having to construct it was meant to be assigned to the other people on earth, that they would see Noah building this ark. Uh, the, 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 the rabbis point out that the fact that the ark took about 120 years to complete. Uh, people's lifespans were much longer, as we see in the previous portion. And the idea was that people would ask him why he was building this giant boat. And so he would tell them it's because God is planning to destroy the world and therefore people would hearing this would would hopefully uh use this as a prompt to change their ways uh that was the idea uh also interesting is the fact about sealing with pitch uh we see uh far much later on in uh in exodus that when moses is put in a uh in a basket on the nile um his his basket is also sealed with pitch but it's only sealed with pitch on the outside um, this is because Rashi points out this is because the Nile's waters were far more gentle than the waters of the flood. Also, wasn't sealed with pitch on the inside in order so that the smell of the pitch wouldn't be upsetting to, to the baby inside. Uh, God then gives measurements uh, for Noah to construct the ark. Uh, he tells him, among other things, that he should put a light inside. Um, some comment here say that this refers to a window to let light in, and some say that this was a special precious stone that emitted light. Um, the art, that the roof should be slanted to let water be able to roll off of it, and that there should be three levels within the ark. Um, a top level for people to live in, a middle one to hold the for compartments to hold the separate animals, and the lowest to hold any sort of refuse that might come as a result. Um, God then says that after Noah builds the ark, he's going to bring a flood to destroy everything. Um, he says that he will fulfill his covenant with Noah and that he and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives will all enter into the ark with him. Uh, the, fa the fact that he refers to a covenant, um, Rashi says, could either refer to the fact that the fruits and all the food that he's going to store in the ark will remain fresh and will not rot, uh, or it can mean that the wicked people of the generation will not try to harm him. Uh, interestingly, the fact how he, the, the order that he cites, um, the way that they're going to be in the ark, he's set first saying him and his sons and then his wife and his son's wives, uh, according to Rashi, indicate the fact how during the time that they were on the ark, uh, the men and the, and the women separated from each other and they were not with each other, they were not together with each other at the time that, they, that the flood was going on. Um, God then says that he's going to bring, um, he's going to bring all the living beings uh, 
at least two of every kind in uh, towards him, at least a male, at very least a male and a female, in order that they should be preserved and kept alive after after the flood. Um, he then it then specifically speaks of the birds and the animals and the various other species, specific, specifying that two of every kind. Um, Rashi cites the fact here how we had said earlier that the animals had, as a part, at a sense, become corrupted, and many of them. But the idea was that God would bring to uh, would bring the animals to Noah of the ones that weren't corrupted, and of the ones that were certainly not corrupted, the ark would allow them to 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 come to come on on to the, on board. Uh, he then instructs them to in, to instructs Noah to bring food so that he and everything and everyone aboard will be able to eat. Uh, the section that finishes off with Noah doing exactly as Hashem commanded him, and that's where we come to a conclusion. Question time. <clears throat> so, MC, it, it seems there's a theme between last parsha and so far in this one of Hashem giving many opportunities for people to correct their ways and do teshuva. You know, mm-hmm. last parsha there were there were. Adam and Chava, who Hashem gave the opportunity to do Teshuvah. There was Kayan, who Hashem gave the opportunity to do to basically correct his ways. And uh, and then here, you know, Hashem, as you said, Hashem gave the people 120 years during which it, when they when pe- the people passing by would inevitably ask Noyach about the ark and why he's building it, uh, you know, they they would then have an opportunity to correct their ways. Yeah. So what do we make of, I mean, is this to illustrate for us exactly, is this to illustrate for us how evil the people were back then? Or is this to illustrate for us the, well, actually give me your answer first before I I give you how, how I feel the answers are, yeah. So, I think sure you could you could say that there is an aspect of that there was really just an incredible amount of evil, but I think another kind of point of this is just to show how how much patience Hashem was willing to to was willing to give. I mean, the fact that He gives chance after chance. I mean, it says the the rabbis say in 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 Pirkei Avos in the Ethics of the Fathers that that the, uh, that that God gave ten gener, you know, He waited ten generations, um, and he and he and he even as said, even within those ten generations, He then waited, as you said, another one hundred twenty years for the time of the construction of the ark, because He really wanted to wait and give every possible last chance for maybe somebody to 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 try and change their ways. Um, another kind of thing that I I guess to see from this is what one sort of comparison you see kind of with the the world before the, the before the flood and what you see after the flood um the, this is something that Lubavitcher Rebbe points out is that what at following the creation the initial creation of the world in these these early generations that the world is very is very young and very new and there's a lot of energy in the sense that you see people living these very long lifespans but i, I think the word here is that existence was very brittle I think it was very easy. What once, you know, once the Gates of Hara was given the power, it, it was. It was very easy for things to stay immutable. I mean, once again, you see, like with the with the lifespans as well, that once things kind of stay away, they really don't change very much. Um, and this is something that really kind of after the, the the waters of the flood, in a sense, I mean, it was it was it's a terrible calamity, but in a sense, it also kind of 
we see kind of after that, we see a kind of softening of sorts. And in the sense we see that the, there's a little bit more of an opening for, for, for change within it. And it, it, things aren't quite as immutable. And I mean, it, things are still quite, and, and this sort of, con and this continues onward. I mean, as you go into to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and eventually with, with the Jewish people, when really the, it's, oh, things are really opened up for uh, the physical, being able to make cha you know, changes to this physical world. Um, but here is kind of that first step of really making it, going from this very brittle immutability to this, this more kind of opening towards change. So I think you really get a, a number of different things out of here. So when you call it brittle immutability, does that, is that also applying to people's natures that it's, it's very hard for people to change their natures and change their conduct? Uh, I'd say so, yeah. Um, one of the examples we saw we, we saw in, in last week's Parsha when going through the generations was the example of, of uh, Hanukh. He's one of the generations, not, not the Hanukh from Cain, but uh, the Hanukh one of the, uh, from one of the 10 generations going towards Noah. Um, we see the example that even in a general, uh, once that Hanukh was, a, was also a righteous individual who says also he walked with, he walked with God. But if you look at the, if you look at the number of years that he lived, uh, his lifespan was much shorter than any of the the generations before him or after him, and it says in the and it says in the Torah this is because uh, at, he was just going to get to the point where the tipping point where he was going to start his he was about to be overpowered by his Yitzhahara and turn towards evil, and it says that Hashem took him before his time because he didn't want him to become corrupted. So I think yeah I think you see that there's a certain innate aspect of people's nature before the flood that that it, it's much harder to actually make that change. Huh. Got it. So then when we see later on, B'nai Yisrael, the Jewish people, immediately doing tshuva when, uh, you, you know, correcting their ways, when Hashem tells them they've done wrong, then that is, in a sense, perhaps more of a statement on the change in the world than the people themselves. Absolutely. I mean, what... With what really was the major, major ch change in the paradigm with the Jewish people was when when God gave the gave them the Torah. Um, he really sort of there was really this sort of opening that people that, that people were now able to you know through doing you know or through through you know doing the commandments of the Torah to be able to make a really permanent spiritual change within the physical world. I mean, before that, there was still this opportunity we saw with we see with with with. Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, that they're able to do things that are within their context, are able to make like temporary or just changes just on, on their level, but nothing that really lasts until really the Torah is given. But with the Torah being given, there's a really this fundamental ability. And now after that, we now have the ability through what we do, through our, through our mitzvahs and through what we do to be able to make a very, very real, real uh, impression uh, in a spiritual way on the physical world. Huh. Make a real impression in a spiritual way. You're saying that we have an ability to uplift the world through our mitzvahs since the giving of the Torah. Yes. Huh. Well, I mean, can you describe how you mean that now that you've mentioned it? Um, let's see. So let's see if I can go into a little more detail about that. Um, so, hmm. was um, it that things can only be uh, like, was it that uh, 
like regular things can only up be uplifted to becoming holy things in in mitzvahs was that only possible again through the giving of the torah um yeah but it was only it was really given possible through giving the torah but in a in a more in a in a permanent way i mean the the rabbis says the fact how even before the torah was given there were there were mitzvah i mean there were people that that did keep like certain mitzvahs but it didn't have nearly the same impact um they were able to sort of make these really small little impressions, but nothing that was really lasting in the same way that doing a mitzvah after the Torah was given. Huh. It was kind of one and done before that point, you're saying. Right. Interesting. All right. Uh, oh, then my other question that, uh, or, well, so back to the question more is that I... I saw it as there there were two kind of fundamental ways that someone could see Hashem giving all this opportunity for teshuva, mm -hmm. for people correcting their ways. And uh, so one of them is to show the, the nature of, uh, like the nature of humanity or the nature of the world. And the other one is to show the conduct of the people, right? Mm -hmm. That... You can either see it as, you can either see it as well, the, the way that the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, is, as you said, explained it was, it was really the nature of the world and hence the nature of the people that it's hard to change things before the flood. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but I suppose the other, the other <clears throat> answer could have been that it was really the, it was really the people collectively simply making a lot of mistakes and a, and really not putting in the effort but mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's interesting that uh, uh i guess it, i don't know it's it's interesting that uh that you you could see it either way it looks like the lavavitcher every really uh i mean that sounds valid okay yeah the no but i well, it makes sense what you're saying too i mean there definitely is an aspect i mean people it's not like people didn't have uh, the, the ability to make choices. I mean, certainly there, there was the offer, there was the ability to, um, but yes, you're, you're right. That people really, there's a lot of really, really bad, of, of bad choices just being made on top of each other. So yeah, I think there really are, you can look at it either way for sure. Huh. That's an interesting thing you said. That's a really good way to look at people in general, that if you want to see someone in a positive light, then even if they do something bad, then look at it as look at the at the circumstances that that made it easier or may have pushed them to do it. And if you want to see someone in a negative light, then you can look at, well, they had free choice and they did it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You can actively choose how you want to see someone in those two perspectives. Certainly. There really uh, there is a lot of as a matter of per, there is really a, this aspect. I mean, perspective really can really change the way you kind of see it. I mean, I, I, that's not very, um, it really can depend on the way you look at it for sure. Um, huh. I mean, we even see this example of kind of two sides of the coin as far as perspective uh, within this, within this section of the Parsha, um, the way we could, you could, you could see to look, you could look at Noah being perfect in generation as, oh, but you know, he was, if he had been in any other generation that wasn't so evil, he would have been, a, he would have been a nobody. Or you could look at it as, oh, wow, he was so, righteous that he was even able to was he, he was that he was even able to to be righteous in such a 
in, in such a generation. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That like that. Oh, so you're saying that, that in the same way, the two perspectives exist with uh, among the two major opinions on Noah. Yeah. Huh. Well, the optimists and the pessimists. <laughs> uh oh and then second one i think i heard an answer to this once but how did all the animals get along what do you think how did all the animals get along um it's a good question i don't know there had to be something really at, at at work in order to ensure that they cooperated especially being trapped on this on this vessel for all the time that they were you know during the flood um right it could have been heard... always on the second level with a pitchfork i don't think that would have been practical right so uh, <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> if, if you have heard an answer about this i i, I would love to hear it. i mean i think i may have heard once that like that there was um i don't i don't want to say if i'm not even sure i heard an answer i, I feel like it's not fair to say it uh okay. but like Practically, practically, like I don't know. Would 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 him and his sons have had a full time job, just like with with something to hold all the? Or I don't know. Perhaps the animals were encaged on the second level. Perhaps that was done and simply not mentioned. Mm. So uh, the fact how God commands um, Noah to make the ark with compartments, it was the idea was that the compartments are to be able to keep each of the animals kind of to kind of separate between the animals so they're not all kind of within each other's space. Oh, huh. So there's already some separation on the second level. Yeah. So it's not like they were all kind of mixed together running around. There was, there were, there were sort of little compartments where they were able to be kind of staying with their own species and not getting in each other's way. Oh, interesting. Huh. All right. Well, so really interesting stuff. Thanks for your time, MC. Thank you. It's great. This has been PJ's Torah Corner. Have a great rest of your day.